Hello and welcome back to the Steph Gorton Show. I am jumping on today to talk about a topic that I wish that somebody had told me about when I first started in business, and that is the business lessons that no one gets to escape. And it's actually a really funny story because when I first got started in business, I grew you know, to success really, really quickly. And my partner, Tim, who's been in business for like 12 years, was like, how have you managed to do this so quickly? You know, you seem to have just passed so many of the stages in business that, you know, other entrepreneurs have to really slave and get through and go to. And I kind of just thought like, maybe I was gifted or maybe I was special or maybe there was something about me that was lucky or that I thought, you know, had this extra special touch. But as it turns out, I just didn't have those lessons in the same order that somebody like Tim or other entrepreneurs who'd maybe been in business for longer had had those experiences in. And I'm going to give you the examples of what these look like shortly, but basically there are just some lessons in business that it doesn't matter whether you have a coach, it doesn't matter whether you have a mentor, it doesn't matter whether you have all of the tools, the systems, the knowledge, there are just some lessons that you have to go through as an entrepreneur in order to understand. You know, there are just some experiences in life that you truly will not understand until you've gone through them. And today I'm going to share with you what some of those lessons look like for me and how maybe you might be able to avoid them, but realistically just to expect them because they are going to come. So I guess like the biggest thing that comes up here is it's really ego because it's one of those things where you think that you've just nailed it. You think that you've maybe been able to skip that level. You think that potentially, you know, maybe you're just more gifted than other people. You know, I know it all. I don't need to you know, learn anymore. And so that's usually the thing that ultimately going to get in your way every single time, because I know that sometimes, and if you've been in business for long enough, you will have had this experience. You will think that you are killing it, but there's always going to be blind spots. There's always going to be things that you can't see. And I today want to help you to point out those blind spots and really be able to take full control over where your business is going so you are really equipped and armed and ready to be able to handle these things when they get thrown at you. So I think the biggest one that I see, and I see it in Facebook groups and I see it online and I see it even within my own coaching community all the time is that People finish up coaching when they think they're done. And an example of this, it doesn't even have to be in like my business coaching program. It could be within, you know, mindset coaching or you finish up a course or you finish up with a mentor and you're like, yep, I've got it. I've got it nailed. I'm totally killing it. Like I've, you know, maybe you've grown to success quite quickly and you're like, I have just got this shit figured out. And I see it a lot, especially with mindset courses. People, you know, do maybe a seven day intensive NLP course or they do a, you know, 12 week mindset course and they come out and they just think that they're like 100% like so woke, you know? And it's hilarious because ultimately like these things take years, they take repetition, they take so much time to learn. And if anyone who's been in the mindset wagon for a long enough, time, you're going to realize that things that you thought you dealt with three years ago are going to come straight back up and bite you in the ass at some point because the work is never done. And I guess that's really what this whole podcast is about is the fact that the work really never is done. That's one of the biggest mistakes that I see in business along the way. And the biggest mistake I've made is just letting my ego tell me that it's done. Letting my ego say things like, I've got this, you know, oh, I don't need this person anymore. I feel like I know it all. Mm, there's nothing new for me to learn here. And all of those kinds of thought patterns and processes, and you might resonate with this if you're listening right now, they're the things that are ultimately holding you back. Because when you think you know it all, when you think that you've got it all under control, when you think that there's nothing new to learn here, guess what's going to happen? 
You're not open to learning anything new. You're not open to hearing about how you can do new opportunities. You're not open to being able to grow into a new way or into a new space. So it's about really constantly reminding ourselves that we might be the teachers, like I'm a business coach, I might be the teacher of business, but I'm forever the student of, you know, how can we optimize this? How can we make this better? And so I'm going to give you an example of this. When I was in House of Hobby, my first business, I was looking at my income all the time because I was so proud of it. You know, I'd gone from working in my day job full time and making a really great income there. Like I was almost on a six-figure salary in my day job, although to be honest, I had absolutely nothing to show for it because I was in a earn and spend cycle where I would spend just as much, if not more than what I earned. But, you know, when I first got into business, I couldn't believe it. When I hit my first 100K, when I hit my first 250K, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm rich. (laughs) And I was so proud of myself for hitting those metrics. But you know, I was killing it. Like at one point in House of Hobby, you know, we were up to $450,000 a year. I'd been in business for 18 months, maybe two years. And I was like, we are killing it, you know? And I really genuinely was like so proud of what we had done, so proud of what we'd achieved. But I was also a little bit in my ego being like, oh God, I'm so good at this. Like, you know, and this is like so vulnerable for me to share because it's embarrassing now when I look back, but ultimately like this is how I felt. I was like, God, I'm so good at this. Like I can't, you know, not win here until you have that humbling moment where you realize that actually you actually haven't got it together. And that for me was when, you know, I looked at my finances after I got a massive tax bill and I realized that I basically had nothing left. And I realized that my business was actually, even though it was bringing in hundreds of thousands of dollars every single year, I was also spending hundreds of thousands of dollars every single year. And my business was actually running at a loss. And because I wasn't across my finances, because I was only tracking revenue, because I wasn't tracking my wage bill spend, like we had, you know, 14 team members at that time, because I wasn't tracking my wage bill spend, because I'd completely scaled myself out of my business, we were constantly in feast or famine. Like I just couldn't understand why my business account wasn't growing. And the reason was because I was telling myself every single day, God, you've got this. Look how much money you're making. You're so proud of yourself. But I actually wasn't taking the time, energy, or effort to manage the money or even to truly learn about and understand how money works, how business finances work, how revenue, P&Ls, balance sheets, you know, tax, BAS, GST. I hadn't taken the time to fully educate myself on that stuff. And because of that, I ended up getting myself in a real financial pickle. Every single day I was telling myself, you're killing it, you're killing it, you're killing it. Yeah, hire that new person, take on that new coach, buy that new thing for the office. But I was never actually looking at my profit and loss. I was never actually looking at my accounts and I was never really equipping myself with the financial knowledge that I needed to make sure that I was making informed financial investments and decisions. And where it led me to was a really uncomfortable position where I had to actually fire the people who I'd hired as management within my within my business. And it was the most heartbreaking experience ever. I remember calling my business coach at the time who was Ellie Swift, beautiful Ellie, had to deal with this on the phone. And I was just transitioning into business coaching at the time. And I called Ellie crying my eyes out because I was like, I am going to have to fire these people who I love. Like, you know, the managers at the time, like they were really great friends of mine that helped me so much. And I was going to have to now fire them because I had let them down. I hadn't made good financial decisions. I hadn't, you know, been tracking my finances well enough. And because of that, I've made them a promise that now I couldn't keep. And to make matters worse, like I said, I was just transitioning into business coaching. So I was calling Ellie being like, 
I am such a fraud. Like, how can I possibly be helping women in business if I've made this sort of mistake? Not realizing that those sorts of mistakes, those sorts of you know, lessons, I would say, definitely not failures, even though at the time I felt like the biggest failure. Those sorts of lessons are exactly the reason why now I think, you know, we're such an incredible coaching business is because when you learn those lessons that way, it really helped inform me, okay, you need to make better financial decisions. You need to learn about this. You need to really go into your money story and truly start to understand how money works, how money, you know, plays out. It's not just earn, borrow, spend. Like you really have to start understanding your own cycles and your own money stories so that you can fully equip your clients to make better financial decisions as well. But it was the hardest thing I've ever had to do in business to date, honestly you know, firing those two people and they took it so well. I cried my eyes out in the meeting. I was so not a boss. I just, my heart was breaking. But, you know, that's one example of a time where I was telling myself, it's all good. I've got it. You know this, you've got it. Um, And my ego fully led me to believe that we were safe and we absolutely were not. And it caused such pain in my life. The way that I see this play out even now with, you know, clients in the PMP program, clients, you know, outside of our programs, women on social media that I speak to and people that I know in business is that, you know, the ways that this can sometimes play out is that you can get lots and lots of clients really quickly and then find yourself, you know, basically dropping the ball on those clients because you didn't know that you had to set a boundary on how many clients you actually take on for the capacity of work that you can actually handle. Or you're desperately trying to onboard new team members rapidly, trying to get them on board and upskilled so that you can actually deliver on the amount of work that you said you were going to. So I see this happening when people tell themselves like, oh, I'm doing so well, I'm taking on all these clients. And then all of a sudden, they're actually putting their clients at a disservice because they now no longer have the capability to actually deliver on the service at the level that they promised, at the level of quality and standard that they promised. And that's when people get a bad name in business really, really quickly. And we know that, you know, bad words spread. So we definitely don't want that to happen. But it's like, you know, you might think that you're killing it because you're taking on all these clients. You might think that you're killing it because your sales and marketing process is phenomenal and that you can bring on anybody, but can you continue to handle that influx and deliver at the level of quality and standard that you would expect your business to be able to deliver on? And that was another thing that I've learned the hard way. Like we scaled fast. And within that, it was tricky. There was messy moments where I was like, I don't feel like this is where it should be. Another way that this could potentially be playing out in your business right now where your ego might be getting a little bit in the way of your success is when you, you know, take on all these clients and you get massively client focused because, oh my God, I've taken on all this workload, which is amazing. Like so good. Look how great I am. Everyone wants to work with me. But then now I'm so focused on just delivering on that client work that I said I would deliver on that I haven't made time for marketing. And then that's when we get into those feast or famine financial cycles because when we're consistently marketing, we have consistent income. But if we stop marketing, guess what happens six to eight weeks later? We stop having that income. We stop having those inquiries. And then we are always in that reactive space. So then we're like, you know, oh my God, now I need to like try and do all this client work and I've got to do all my marketing. And and that's when women hit burnout, right? And that's because your ego kept saying, say yes, say yes, say yes, say yes. Or it's not letting you put up your prices, right? It's telling you that you've got this, you can do it, you can take more on. But actually, you really need to sit down with yourself every single time and be like, will I be able to actually deliver the quality of work? Will I actually be able to show up and be 110% for my clients? What is this going to mean for the way that I'm going to have to show up for my family? Will I actually have space, time, energy to show up for the people that I love? 
So the last way that I've seen this play out is, you know, when you are rapidly taking clients on, your sales and marketing process is killing it. You feel like you're absolutely on fire. Then you're like, it's all good. I'll just quickly hire some team members to help me out. Like I mentioned before. But then what happens when you just hire a team to delegate to them and you don't actually give them the onboarding experience they deserve, you don't actually make them a priority, you don't actually check in with them, make sure they're feeling seen and heard, check in with how they're going in their personal life, make them feel really valued, you're going to have team members who can't be bothered showing up for their shifts. You're going to have team members who don't do 110% on effort on their workload. You're going to have a high you know, turnover of team members that are going to be going to be coming in and out of your business. And they're going to be demotivated and eventually kind of want to leave just because you were like, we're so good. We need to bring these people on, but I'm actually not being able to focus on, again, the delivery, the quality, the care for the people that you're bringing into your team to be able to help your clients. These are the things that I've learned the hard way along the way in my own business. And these are the things that ultimately, you know, you all get there. Like one of the biggest things that we see in PMP every single week is like people come in, they're like, yeah, I just want more leads and more sales. Like I just want to make more money. And I think one thing that business owners really don't understand is that sales and marketing, I mean this with the the most love and respect, that's the easiest part of business. Sales marketing is the easiest part. It's like getting leads and making sales. Like if you can truly articulate what you do and how it helps people and you can show up consistently online with a message that cuts through the noise, once you tap into that, like sales and marketing is honestly the easiest part. The hardest part of business is, you know, managing those finances and making sure that, you know, your wages stay below a certain percent. It's about that scalability of bringing new team members on. What does that look like when you become a boss? How does your role shift when you become a boss? You know, what does our onboarding process like? How do we look after our team members? How do we look after our businesses? How do we make sure that we are able to do the sales and marketing and still onboard and take on the clients and still provide the quality and service that we promise? And then all also, how are we making time in our businesses to continue upskilling, to continue learning, and to continue always checking in and asking ourselves, how can we be better? That's the hardest part of business. The hardest part of business is the chess game of constantly growing and then having to figure out what that new level of growth looks like and getting out of that comfort zone and pushing past all that fear and all that doubt and all that self-sabotage that comes up in those moments. But sales and marketing is the easiest part once you know how to do it. And that's just a skill that is learned over time. It's a skill that we obviously teach within our program. But it's like, what happens when you get those leads and sales? That's when business gets tricky. That's when it gets hard because it's like, oh my God, I have to change everything I've been doing. I have to put processes in place. I have to create systems and procedures and onboard people and make them feel you know, special. And that's when it gets tricky. So if you're sitting in business right now and you're like, I just need to make enough money, I'm telling you right now, getting leads and sales, like easy peasy, like please get in touch. Let's have a conversation about it because that's the easiest part. So I want to touch on kind of how to, I guess, avoid these mistakes. So this mistake of, you know, constantly feeling like you're killing it, but then not being across your finances, the mistake of potentially taking on too many clients and then not being able to be of service to them because you've taken on too many, uh, you know, the problem of taking on all of those clients and then not being able to focus on your sales and marketing and having that, you know, roller coaster revenue. And then last but not least, hiring team members, but then not making them feel valued and then wondering why you have high turnover of staff. So to avoid this mistake, the number one thing that I would always check in with on a weekly basis is just your ego. And the way that you do that is to just constantly be asking yourself, how can we make it better? 
not assuming that it's great, not assuming no matter how much your clients are telling you it's phenomenal, no matter how much your clients are telling you it's a 10 out of 10 service, it can always be better and we never settle for anything but the best. And so if you're not constantly growing, you're dying. (laughs) Anything in nature will tell you that. And so it's about really making sure that you're always checking with yourself about this is good. How can it be better? This is good. How can it be better? Looking at your competitors within the market and you know, guys, if you listen to me long enough, I'm not huge on competition. I don't really believe in it. But looking at the other people who are doing what you do in the market, looking at how they are servicing their clients, the way that they are marketing, the freebies that they're giving away, the support that they're offering, and then thinking, how can I make mine even better? How can I you know, show up and level up? How can I offer a bigger skill set? Or maybe it's not even about changing a product or service, but instead leveling up yourself because you're only going to be able to take your clients so far before your skill sets tap out and they go and get somebody else. So how can we be constantly growing, changing, adapting to be the best versions of ourselves, to become the best you know, product or service provider in the industry that we're in, to become the go-to in the industry, which is what people tell me they want to be all the time. They want to be the go-to in the industry. Well, this is how you do it. You never, ever, ever assume that your stuff is the best. You never, ever, ever assume that you're done. You're always questioning, how can we make it better? What can we do differently? Number two would be, how can you always make sure that your clients are having an exceptional time? And something I'd love to talk about here really quickly is the six human needs, because there are six human needs that every single human has. And I really encourage, kind of similar to the love languages, to try and touch on these six human needs or the five love languages within your business whenever you're thinking about creating that client experience. So the six human needs, and I learned this from Tony Robbins, so you can definitely go and have a look. I think it's on his website. But the six human needs are certainty. So this is assurance that you can help your clients avoid pain and gain pleasure, right? Then there's uh, variety. So they need constant new stimuli. They need to constantly have variety. So you can't do the same things over and over again. You have to be able to change it up. They want significance. So that unique feeling, that feeling of being special or needed or seen. They want love and connection. So a feeling of closeness with somebody or something, or to, you know, a feeling of connection. They want growth. So that's an expansion, obviously, you know, being able to help them expand. Like one thing that we do in our high rollers program is that we have a real focus on expansion. It's not necessarily about more strategies and more tactics. It's more so about how can we break the conditioning and the ways that we've currently been thinking and break into a new level of awareness so that we can actually open up more possibilities for ourselves. So there's that real focus on growth. And then also contribution. Everybody in their deepest, deepest hearts wants to give back in some way. So giving them an opportunity for contribution and that may be within your community, that may be by paying you, you give back to somebody. Um, There's so many ways that you can do that, but they're the six human needs. So certainty, variety, significance, connection, growth, and contribution. So how can you bring those things into your business so that people's six human needs are met and that way they're going to obviously stay with you longer, continue to work with you, and also level up your client experience so that you are, again, that go-to in the industry. The last thing I will say here, guys, is never assume that it's good enough. Always assume that there's more that you can be doing and 
get a coach. Like, obviously, I am biased, but not even because I'm a coach, but because right now, as we speak, I have three separate coaches. I have one for business and strategy. I have one for money and financial freedom growth. And I also have another one for personal growth, for my own personal experience, my life experience growth. And I just cannot recommend, you don't need to have three, but you need a coach in your corner. The reason why coaches are so special, even when you're killing it, is because they're going to constantly hold that mirror up for you and help you to see that you could be doing something different, something better, or a good coach will hold that mirror up and help you and remind you to stay humble, remind you that there's more that you can do. And they're also there for you. Like sometimes people think, you know, I'm done. I've done the coaching program. I'm ready to leave. And I always recommend just checking in with yourself and being like, when I hit my next rough patch, because you will unfortunately hit your next rough patch. Like the world is literally in polar opposites, right? Everything is in polarity. And so we are always doing that dance of, you know, good and bad, night and day, black and white. Everything is in that dynamic of polar opposites. And so when you're killing it, just knowing that, you know, and holding onto it and loving it, but knowing that your next dip, your next challenge, your next growth spurt is just around the corner and you're going to need somebody in your corner at that point right and that's why i always have a coach at any one time and like this year for as an example i'll be spending over a hundred thousand dollars in coaching for my own growth right and so if you're wondering how someone like me gets to where i am it's because if i could if i could list out all the coaches i've had in my short five years in business there's been over 10 coaches there's been over 10 lots of investments and I just cannot recommend it enough because the more you learn, the more that you grow, the more that you understand, the more that you hit those challenges, the better you become as a business owner, the more skills you acquire and the faster that you become that go-to in your industry. So guys, if any of this is resonating with you and you want the blueprint or, you know, the guide to fixing these blind spots, to really opening you up to seeing them, we are opening up some free strategy calls just for listeners of the pod. So use the link in our show notes below to book in on those. I think there's only four or five available, so get in really quickly. Would love to see your name pop into our calendar. We'd be more than happy to discuss your blind spot with you and help you to see where maybe you can be better, where you could be growing, where you have opportunities that you maybe can't see right now, because obviously you only know what you know you can't see what you can't see and so we want to be able to hold that mirror up so that we can show you what that blind spot is as always if you loved today's episode would love it if you could screenshot it tag me tell me what your biggest takeaway was but go and grab one of those free strategy calls would love to have a chat with you and our team Thanks for tuning into today's episode. My personal mission is to help women just like you to grow their business and give you the advice and insights you need to make your business go boom. And as part of my commitment to that mission, I have created a mini course called the Boom Your Biz mini course, and I want to offer it to you completely for free. So in this three-part mini course, you're going to learn how to identify and attract the perfect clients that you actually love to work with. You'll learn an easy and effective way to build your core offer and increase the amount of people that actually take you up on that offer and how to generate endless high quality leads absolutely free. Included in this free mini course is exclusive training. I give you templates and processes that you can follow and implement in your business right now to start seeing results straight away. The value of this mini course, guys, is $497, but I'm giving it to you completely for free. So if you're ready to level up and take action, use the link in my show notes to download this mini course. I'll see you next episode.